Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. I'd like to invite Brianna now to read our scripture this morning, coming from the book of Daniel's second chapter, verses 31 through 35. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Brianna, and I'll be doing the scripture reading this morning. Your Majesty, You were looking, and there, rising before you, was a single massive statue. This statue was huge, shining with dazzling light, and was awesome to see. The statue's head was made of pure gold. Its chest and arms were made from silver. Its abdomen and hips were made of bronze. Its legs were of iron, and its feet were a mixture of iron and clay. You observed this until a stone was cut, but not by hands, and it smashed the statue's feet of iron and clay and shattered them. Then all parts shattered simultaneously, iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. They became like shaft, left on summer threshing floors. The wind lifted them away until no trace of them remained. But the stone that smashed the statue became a mighty mountain and it filled the entire earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all, this morning, if I can be just really transparent, this is the first time I've preached like this. I am preaching without a script. So I appreciate uh, being having the trust in my community to do that. And um, so let's let's pray together. Um, I thank you, Daniel, for such a wonderful um, framing in our biblical text this morning. God, we come to you this morning trusting, trusting that whoever you are, whoever we believe you are, that your presence is with us. Your presence is with us in times of uncertainty in times of loss and grief, and certainly in times of gratitude and joy. You're present with us through our communities, through those deep and important relationships that we build. And 
God, I pray that in some small way, this building that we begin today is a building for you and is a building for change, for the resistance to systems right now that we know need to change, that need to come down, that need to release and free people. Let us embody that practice with you, God. We pray this in the name of the Black Messiah, Jesus. Amen. So we heard about Daniel having this dream. This reading that we heard this morning comes from the Old Testament. It's actually, in fact, one of the only um, books in the canon that is what they call apocalyptic literature and it's Jewish apocalyptic literature. So in the old, in the Hebrew Bible canon. And I I'm really interested in this type of literature right now because I spoke to a friend of mine who's a, a Hebrew um, text scholar, and he gave me a really great working definition of apocalyptic literature, and that is essentially just a framework that is given to a person who then tries to say this framework out loud and oftentimes it sounds real crazy coming out right and and then the key part is someone then interprets this so in that interpretation we begin to build an understanding um and so daniel the book of daniel is written in this post-exilic period um so it's almost like life has become normalized in exile and so we've gone through this period of prophets prophesying, telling everybody that they need to change, this needs to change, that needs to change. And now we're in a period where it's almost normal to be in this crazy world, right? Are we relating at all to that time frame? Like, it's almost normal. Normal, again, we reject this concept of normal. I'm using it facetiously, but it's almost normal to be like, yeah, let's have coffee and me come to my front room and call you on the computer phone and sip my coffee here in the front room, right? And that is going to coffee. And um, so this new way of living is almost normal. Is it also almost normal to hear these prophecies, prophesy, prophets on Facebook telling us what we need to change? Is that, has that become normal too? Um, so in the time, in this post-exilic time, it's almost like the prophet's message has been like, it's become old news. So this new form is this new form that's supposed to reach people deeper is the interpretation of dreams. And so the dream interpreter brings then this paradigm shift that the, that, that God in God's world wants, um, wants us to know. Okay. So that's sort of just the background and the reason why I wanted to read in Daniel. What we're really talking about in this sermon series is, is ourselves and, and, and how we amid 
almost normalized chaos, confusion, uncertainty can continue to prioritize self-care and to heal. And so this book, Emergent Strategy, for me has been really healing. It says the things that we focus on and give our attention to, that is a healing practice. And so what I came to notice during this time of in being inside, being in my thousand square foot house, thankfully we have an outdoor space as well, with my family really close, with the problems of the world seemingly coming in on me, is that I started having reoccurring dreams. I don't know about you all, if your dream life is completely normal, or maybe I have always had these dreams and now just have the time to focus on them. But my disrupted sleep and then oversleeping and this this rhythm that I am still seeking has caused me to notice that I'm having reoccurring dreams. And I love the ones that Daniel uh, mentioned in his children's moment. Yes, those dreams of, I don't have the driving stress dream, but um, y'all notice about me for 15 years, I was a server. I have the server stress dream. So this is a dream where I am working for tips. And as you know, in Georgia, we don't make money and the salary, you all, your whole entire salary is paid by tips. So I have many tables that are waiting and I have not gotten their drink order. And sometimes I work in a Mexican restaurant, which I never worked in a Mexican restaurant, but I have not gotten them chips or something that they need in the beginning of their service. And I am stressed out. This is messing with my income and my peace of mind. And I wake up from those dreams and I'm like, oh no. Or I want to mention one other one, the like school stress dream, which I did have a couple of times while I was in grad school, which is I'm going to, where's my queso? <laughs> the server dream is real. Um, yeah, or I forgot your order. Oh my gosh, no, that's terrible. But the school dream is also really real. It's scary. This one for me is like, I am going to the final exam of a class that I have forgotten to attend the entire semester. <laughs> and I am scheming and dreaming about how I'm going to get through this class. I think maybe some of y'all have had that one. Um, so as we, this is really just the setup <laughs> to, to us talking about our dreams. So I'm going to tell you about a really important dream for me that has been paradigm shifting in my brain um, over this time. And as we move and embody these practices of going deeper with each other, emergent strategy suggests that critical relationships are the thing that changes the world, not a critical mass of relationships. So I hope that we find in these connections and connecting the trust to build at the speed in which we feel comfortable and also the depth that we can go to. So here's my depth for the time, right? I started having this reoccurring dream back in March when we came together and locked down or quarantined. And the dream was that I was back at Breakthrough House. Shout out to Breakthrough House. I love it. Um, 
it is a place where I experienced homelessness and began to again recover from addiction. It was the lowest point in my life. Um, and when I first had that dream, I panicked. I'm like Nebuchadnezzar, like, yeah, uh, what does this mean? I was coming up on my uh, anniversary of 10 years clean. Uh, I'm talking to my therapist about it. I am, I'm worried. What does this mean? Why am I back at Breakthrough House in my dream? And as I continued to have that dream, and I allow myself to focus on it. I sat with that feeling of, oh my, what does this mean? In this time, I talked about it. I began to realize in the dream, I'm doing an intake, right? And, and oh, maybe some of y'all can relate to this. An intake is kind of like when you tell the most horrible things about you. Uh, all in one sitting. Um, you give your symptoms, you give your history of using, you talk about it all. And yet in my dream, I didn't feel worried or stressed. I noticed that in the dream, there were trees all around me. I noticed that every time I had the dream, I could, I was acutely aware of nature surrounding me now the place is in the city right there is some trees atlanta's the city of trees but it, i was in nature i was feeling the nature even though i was inside so i continued to have the dream and then i began to realize that i was hopeful in the dream i was feeling hope in the dream and so by sitting with these feelings I think I came to an understanding of this dream that I'd love to share with y'all. And I'd love for us to be able to go deeper and maybe sit with some of those dreams that we're having. And, and I, I'm going out on a limb, but I think we're having dreams right now. Um, and what I realize is at this point in my life that I was dreaming about, I was building what would be the foundation for my relationship with Christ. I was building a foundation for my recovery. I was learning to live in community. I was learning to prioritize my own health and well-being. I was drawing a lot back then. I know y'all have seen online, I've been drawing a lot again. And this for me is a form of meditation. So what I realized is my dream was trying to let me know that this time, this time of chaos in the world is also a time for extreme growth within myself. It's a time to focus and center on healing. And the principles of emergent strategy say that the key to changing the world is within, and it's within our interpersonal connections with each other. So it requires this changing the world requires us to go deeper with each other. So what I wanna do is pause right here. I wanna ask you, what will it take for you to go deeper? And then I want to invite us into breakout rooms again. And during this time, it'll be a little longer than the first breakout room. I want to give us eight to 10 minutes. I want to give us some time. 
I want you to go as fast or as slow as you feel comfortable with, and that's okay. Um, but let's talk to each other. If you haven't had a dream that you've been pondering over, think about a paradigm shift that you're experiencing in your own perception. Think about a way that you are looking at the world now that's different from before, right? What does going deeper in critical relationship require? of us. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. And I'll open up the breakout rooms. And I hope that I believe that we'll have some critical conversations. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Pastor Darcy. How are you Deacon Daniel? Let's use each other's well, title. Thank you. We love a title. Yes. So as I was preparing for this sermon, I leaned on my good deacon and amazing preacher, Daniel, um, and we talked about the framing of this and, and this question, like what it would, what does it take for us to go deeper? Um, Daniel, I would love to hear from you about your experience of the, of the breakout room. Um, if you if you decided to participate or not and then yeah maybe we can talk more about this paradigm shifting that we might be experiencing. I, I think what's lovely about a discussion about dreams and a discussion about self-care is recognizing um dreams are so intimate and they're so personal and um they don't look the same from one person to the next even your um server dream of terror looks different than my server dreams of terror um, and your ways of caring for self look different than my ways of caring for self and I think um, there's something lovely about entering a brave space with other folks and saying here are some of my dreams here are some of my nightmares and um, how do I how do I knit those into how I take care of myself instead of just letting them be kind of things that happen and then I forget them and move on from them and treat them as unimportant. Uh, so th those are some of the things that I think are, um, that pique my interest and, and make me excited in this kind of conversation. Absolutely. Well, and we talked about it briefly, um, this idea that self-care is a process of remembering um, and I think you, you said it beautifully, you know, we can remember these dreams or, or we can just keep it moving, you know? Um, and so if, if we buy into the idea that perhaps either historically or our ancestors knew a little bit more about self-care, a little bit more about keeping it simple, caring for ourselves, staying centered. Maybe that was just a function of how the world was, or maybe that was a process of emphasizing things that were important. Um, how can we begin to remember how to care for self? Mm -hmm. um, does that resonate with you at all? Yeah. One of the things that I loved, so Darcy and I talked on the phone for a while, a couple days ago about all of these things. I was like, Darcy, help me make the connection between dreams and self-care and Darcy in their magical way was like, I'm going to sketch this out for a while. Let's, let's look at it together. Um, which is what I think is beautiful about when our synergy works well. It's like you put all of these, 
like beautiful elements and minerals and glorious things. And then I'm like panning. I'm like, let's find the magic. Um, I hope that sounded uh, as lovely and like honoring as I meant it to. Oh, I love Uh, it. Okay. Um, And one of the things that you said is that young people, children have kind of uh, an intuitive knowledge about self-care and self-soothing. And I think every one of us has the experience of being a child and having a dream and then immediately calling for a parent or for someone to come and listen to that dream, to hear the details of it, to kind of weave it into the collective story and figure out um, what kind of relationships of care will be present to both kind of contain that dream and make sense of it. Um, So that's another one of the things I think is really, I found valuable in our discussion together is figuring out what does it look like to rely on some of the things that we have um, kind of in our ancestral knowledge, some of the things that we have in our knowledge as children that can be um, instruments of remembering and and caring for ourselves and kind of putting ourselves back together. This is so cheesy, but I think of that word remembering as like the members of a body being re kind of constituted. So we put ourselves back together with those kinds of um, practices that we do with one another. Mm, I love that. Um, I love hearing my words from you. No, (laughs) (laughs) I want this to be, Um, but really I think you said it well is like, okay, so if, if we are trying to be really embodied and really practice within this sermon series, what does that look like moving forward from here? And I think, you know, that image of a, of a parent, of a child calling out to a parent is really lovely. Who are the people that we are calling out to? Or are we just letting that sort of just exist as an anxious um, vision, right? right? And so if dreams are teachers, who are we asking to help us yep. uh, interpret those? Yeah if dreams are meant to prepare us in some way and and there is science behind this i watched a lot of scientists talking about how dreams um really do help us solve problems in the real world right mm-hmm. i mean tests of of people given a given a problem in a riddle and those who had dreams about it solved the the problem yeah. um, faster or more proficiently um and so if dreams are reorientations and frameworks and teachers and they're nonlinear, mm-hmm. which is kind of our, like, I'm totally comfortable in a nonlinear jumping from one thing to another, but sometimes you need that person, sounding board space. Yeah. Um, what do we leave this conversation with that directs us in a, in a, in a more kind of um, concrete way? Yeah. Um, I think that all of us have the temptation to resist teachers, to resist dreams, to resist the nonlinear. And I think it's very tempting sometimes when something is either too scary or something you realize you want it really badly to try to banish it and just say like, I'm not going to deal with that. I can't bear on the one hand, I can't bear the terror of it. Or on the other hand, I'm not sure what I would do if I did get something so wonderful. Like if something good did happen in my life, I'm not sure how I would deal. Um, And so learning to embrace those things, listening to our dreams and not holding them in a vacuum, but sharing them with other people so that they become a part of um, 
a conversation of accountability about who we want to be. And then we are kind of able to call one another to those things because we are filled in on, included on what's important to each other. I love that. Okay, so we're going to do one final breakout room. It's going to be shorter just to connect back with your folks. If some of that resonated, if, if you know, it's not going to be everyone. Again, the the we want connections, these critical connections to build at the pace of trust. So connect right now one more time, five minutes. Um, maybe this person is, you know, maybe one person in your group is your person that you want to connect with. Um, so we're going to open all the rooms again and invite you to turn back on your cameras. And, and maybe there's a connection that is one of those critical connections that's happening in the rooms right now. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.